Barang Hotaki smiled at everyone who made eye contact with him. He knew some of them, but many more were strangers, and if he was friendly, the merchants at the bazaar were more likely to take pity on him than share a plum or a tomato, maybe some rice or some bread. For lamb or chicken, he would have to do something in return, and all too often that meant doing things he did not want to do. These people, villagers and merchants alike, would show him pity, but they dared not show him kindness, dared not show him friendship. They knew him as an orphan, a waif, a boy whose family name may never be spoken. With the Americans gone, the old ways had re-emerged, and the Taliban knew everything. Barang understood that anyone who wished to see old age needed to assume that the monster's knowledge was perfect. He smiled, and they mostly smiled in return. To smile was to be polite, and to be polite was to be invisible. If a boy were shy enough, invisible enough, he could be forgiven the sins of his family. By demonstrating that he knew his place, the gifts bestowed on him might be more generous. Even Satan and the others understood that a boy his age needed some tiny bit of pity. Berang intended to hurt them all, to kill them if he could. Not with a gun or with a suicide vest, but with a betrayal of his own. He dreamed of the day when he might see all of these animals dead, their brains blasted from their heads. The slower they died, the happier he'd be. He wished he could watch as they had watched, but without that false expression of concern— He would not pretend to mourn for them as they had pretended to mourn for his family. If he were able, he would spit on their corpses, piss on their faces. But that would not be possible. When justice finally came, he could not afford to be nearby. After Charlie, the last remaining American, who was even more invisible than Berang, killed Satan and his leaders— The rest of the Taliban monsters would murder everyone in the village. Berang would be far, far away when that happened. And it would happen soon. Among Berang's greatest blessings was the gift of patience. Six years had passed since people in this crowd had betrayed his father. Six years since his sisters and mother were raped while Berang was forced to watch. Six years since the Taliban slipped the thin rope around his father's neck and hoisted him into the air, his feet mere inches above the ground. The jackals had laughed as father had kicked and stretched to reach the gravel street that remained barely out of reach. It had been six endless years since Barang himself had become a toy of the Taliban monsters. They thought they owned him that they could do whatever they wanted without consequence. So many people here in the bazaar knew everything. They knew what his father had tried to accomplish, the education he'd tried to provide for everyone, girls as well as boys, and they all knew who among them had once been vocal supporters of his efforts. But to a person, they were cowards, unwilling to risk one one one-hundredth of what father had risked. Every one of them valued profit and their own safety above any point of principle. In the end, none of them rose to help. And now that it was all over and his family was dead, they dared to show pity to Barang.
In their minds, they were better than him, because they had been too smart to be honest. They all thought so little of Barong that they would say things in his presence that should never be said in front of anyone. Because he was invisible, they assumed he was harmless. Perhaps they assumed he was deaf and blind. Either way, they talked in ways they shouldn't. As a result, Barong knew the secret of secrets. He knew where Satan would be tomorrow afternoon. Barong wondered sometimes if the man who called himself Satan, a blasphemy in itself, had a given name that was something different. He had to, didn't he? What parents could think so little of their son at birth that they would name him after the ultimate evil?